Hey Swifties, welcome to a brand new episode of Swifty School, where together we walk Clownilia Street covering the latest news and Easter eggs from our fearless leader, Taylor Swift. I'm your host, Reagan Bailey, and it is enchanting to have you here. Now that we're out of the woods, let's get into today's episode. It's another great day to be alive at the same time as Taylor Swift. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. The summer forecast is, in fact, cruel because it is the eve of pumpkin spice lattes at Starbucks, and I am beyond excited. I'm also beyond excited because we are celebrating currently the week of Lover's four-year anniversary, which has me so, so jazzed because Lover is personally one of my top three favorite albums, as you guys know. Now I'm currently rocking my Girl Tribe Company Look What You Made Me Do t-shirt because today we got a second snippet from the Reputation Taylor's Version album, and I am freaking out. So today we have a very special episode, and if you follow me on Instagram, you know that I hinted towards this earlier this week. We have a special guest, which is none other than my, dare I say, non-Swifty or Swifty by proxy boyfriend. Welcome to the podcast, Matthew Blocka. Hey, babe. Hey, welcome. Now, I have to tell you guys, this is so silly what we're currently doing. We had some technical issues on the back end, so we are literally on the other side of the wall recording this, so it feels like we are a million miles away when, in fact, we are just three feet away, just on different sides of the wall. It's a little weird. We were trying to get it set up properly, but we just had to do it this way. Which is totally fine. Now, Matt, I want to know, before we dive into the the nitty-gritty of this, do you consider yourself a Swifty, and have I had any influence on you? Uh, Well, believe it or not, I've actually, I've known about Taylor, obviously, since the beginning. I like, I've listened to her all the years, too. Am I a Swifty? No, but you could say by proxy. Okay, love that for you. Now, we had talked before this, and I want to know a little bit more. I want you to explain a little bit more to everyone about what you do, because I think it'll give context into hopefully our fantastic conversation we're about to have. But you say you're a Swifty by proxy. You promised me (laughs) before we did this episode that you were going to give your unfiltered and genuine and honest thoughts, but I do want to preface this for people. They might be harsh. Are you sure? (laughs) Are you sure? (laughs) I'm sure. You, I, I'm telling people. Okay. I'm telling people now because I, I know you, and I'm saying that you might be a little harsh. I'm, may- no, I'm not harsh. <laughs> well, I, I feel like we should, we should tell them a little bit more about what you do because you are a musician yourself. So why don't you explain just a little bit about yourself and your career so people have context into your knowledge and where you're coming from from a point of view of Taylor Swift. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little different. I mean, I'm, I mostly work in film music and TV, so we do all the scoring for you know, movies, shows, and it's all the background music you hear. And we do all the themes. And uh, right now I work with a composer named John Murphy. And so I help kind of engineering, recording, we collaborate on some scenes. And yeah, so it's a little different from the typical like Taylor Swift recording industry, but it's the same ballpark. Totally. And what are the recent projects that you've worked on? We just finished in May. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, <laughs> which was awesome. It's the th- uh, I think the third the third movie I've done with John. Um, but yeah, so it's big superhero stuff. Totally, which is kind of funny because if you know anything about me and Matt, it's that we could not be more polar opposites. And I hate superheroes, and you could argue that Matt's not a Swifty. So there's that. <laughs> well, I don't hate Taylor Swift. 
Oh, we're off to a great start. You're saying all the right things. Well, needless to say, this should be interesting. I asked you guys on my Instagram to submit questions, and I was blown away by how many of you guys sent them in. So I think the best way to ease into things is I want to do a little rapid fire, Matt, of your Swifty knowledge. Yikes. How confident are you? <laughs> I'm confident, okay, yikes, that answered my I'm question. confident, actually. Are you? Okay. All right. Well, then let's do this. I think it's best if we start out with a little game that I want to call Finish This Lyric Beginner's Version. How confident do you feel in Finish This Lyric? Uh, confident. More than you would think. I try to keep them very simple because this is beginner's version. So I'm going to start out with, and I'm not going to sing them either because I don't want to give it away. Please don't sing them. <laughs> I won't. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling... 22. That's easy. Oh, thank God. Okay. Red lips and rosy cheeks. Oh, uh, see me, see oh, me in a, in a nightgown. Close, close. You, do you know the song? What, what song is this? Oh, that's Wildest Dreams. Good, good, good. I tried to do one I know you like. Yeah, wait. Red lips and rosy cheeks say you'll see me again. Sales. There's something about a nightgown though. In a different part of it. Close enough. Okay. Close enough. I'm drunk in the back of the car. Ooh, uh, I do know it. Give me one second. Do you want a hint? Yeah. Give me the first word. Okay. I'm drunk in the back of the car and... And? (laughs) What does that help me with? (laughs) Uh, I'm drunk in the back of the car and I... Ooh, I... I don't, I, that doesn't help me much either. I don't know. So this is the one that's... I do, I do know it. This is the one that's popular on the radio right now. <laughs> it's... No, I, 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 I know the song. I, I can't finish that lyric though. Totally fine. I'm drunk in the back of the car. You ca- cried like baby coming home from bar. This is the chant that I tried to get I knew you there remember. was something with a bar. I knew yes. there was something with a bar because that's the song where she would... That one's a true story, right? She would like go in the back of the bar or whatever. That one is the, the Cruel Summer, the opening of the Eras tour where we all have to scream the bridge. And I don't really know what that song's about, actually. Good question. Okay, last one for you. You take my head and drag me head first. No idea. It's one word. <laughs> you take my head and drag me head first. Fear. Oh, wait, it's not head. <laughs> You take my hand and drag me head first, fearless. Okay, we're testing both of our Swifty knowledge. Now that we have this out of the way, I want to do a little rapid fire and kind of get to know you, your relation to Taylor, what you know, what you like, and then we're going to go into everyone's burning questions, which are primarily Eras Tour related. So let's start out with just easing people into you and your love for Taylor Swift, if if any. What are your top three favorite Taylor Swift songs? Uh, Wildest Dreams, obviously. We love. Or is it? It's it. It's Wildest Dreams, right? Correct. Uh, that one, uh, Exile, the 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 one with Bonavere. Yep. Um, I couldn't think of a third one that I knew you liked. What's the, what's the third one? You would know. Well, you. What, what's um, you've mentioned Cardigan, but since I oh back to back to December. Yes, you're right. You're right. You did say that the other day. Back to December. Yeah. Funny story for you guys about Exile. So I showed Matt. This was leading up to Era's tour. Obviously needed him to be fully prepped and primed before we were in gracing the presence, if you will. Or maybe we were graced by the presence of our Lord and Savior, Taylor Swift. It only felt natural that I made Matt sit through the long pond sessions on Disney+. And this is where Matt's ears perked up during exile. He was really like not super into most of it. He was, I think you, what was your honest review when listening to Folklore on that Evermore? I keep saying Evermore, long pond sessions. Mm. This this is where you might say it's harsh. Okay. Oh God. A lot of those, a lot of those, to me, kind of felt 
felt the same. So when I heard Exile, I was like, uh, cool, different. And and the hook, the the melody, it just it, it flows not on the beat like most of these pop songs do. So I have no idea what that means. But the what's the fu- the the moral of the story? The funniest part of of you liking Exile was what? That was our surprise song. That was our surprise song. But also the the most important part is that Exile is my least favorite Taylor Swift song of all time. And, oh, and yeah. so of course, of course, is. this is so like typical Matt and Reagan is I'm showing him the long pond sessions. We're going through step by step or song by song. And I'm obsessing over drooling over all of them. Folklore is my my absolute favorite album. And then we get to exile. And I'm like, this is actually, unfortunately, my least favorite Taylor Swift song of all time, mostly because I just don't love the Bonnie Vare part. And I I turned to him and I said, naturally, I have a feeling you're going to love this. And of course, you absolutely loved it. And then the cherry on top was that the next night, our freaking surprise song was Exile, which was great for you, not for me. (laughs) It was. I would have enjoyed like having a surprise guest and that would have made it a little better. I mean, obviously listening to it either way was fantastic. It's just personally not my jam. Remember the other day whenever we – I was – I forced you to listen to me scream my head off about the new release of an album. And I kept saying, she's wearing blue, she's wearing blue. What album was that? I want to test your knowledge. 1989, The the Seagulls. Yes. Okay, good, good, good. Yes, The Seagulls. We love The Seagulls. Well, the funny part is the next day we were at the beach with our friends and there were seagulls everywhere. And I'm like, oh my God, they're celebrating. Iconic. You know, we have a cat and you know, Taylor loves cats, but I'm curious, do you know how many cats Taylor has? Uh... Two. She did have two for a very long time. She did adopt a fourth one. Actually, during the Lover era, while filming one of her music videos, I don't think I've ever told you this, she was filming one of her music videos for the album Lover, and she had cats, a part, like kittens actually, a part of the music video. And one of the like the people on set like handed her the kitten, and she wouldn't give it back. Like she's like, I'm not, I'm actually not giving this cat back. Like, can you find out whoever brought these kittens to set today? Because I'm, I'm actually taking this cat home. And she she did. She like literally took the kitten home. So she has three. Which one is that? Uh that's Benjamin. He's the uh what are the he's a British short hair. Like the little the tiny little mini ears. You know those cute little cats? Uh what well, yeah, I don't know what they're called. I've seen it though. The cute little smushy face with the little teeny ears. The cutest. They're all the same, right? Aren't they aren't they all that same cat? Yeah, they're uh you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe he's just smaller than the others because he was younger at the time. I don't know. I need to look in. We're going to do a whole episode coming up soon. <laughs> Taylor Swift's cats, the deep um, dive. Taylor Swift cats. <laughs> okay. So let's get into the questions everyone sent in. Uh, again, these are era store related because I want to do a side-by-side comparison. Everyone knows my thoughts and then some on the era store experience. I've obviously been to the era store alone three times, but you have actually attended both the 1989 world tour and era's tour now. So I think you have a lot of Taylor Swift knowledge in terms of what the tour looks like, and you can do kind of a compare and contrast of the two. So actually, I do want to I do want to ask you, what do you think just quickly about 1989, which we did go to? I mean, that was like eight years ago. Uh, versus Eras Tour, did you prefer one over the other? If you can even remember 1989. Uh, yeah. Also, maybe harsh. I, I don't remember that much about it in terms of. Uh, you know, compared to Eras Tour, where there's 15 dancers and 
guitar solos and and all kinds of stuff happening um that's a good point i guess that that answers that answers the co- the, the question that kind of yeah that's true i yeah i think the one thing you would probably remember if i showed you a picture from 1989 that was most notable was she had this like it was almost like a catwalk like a super skinny like one tenth of what she had at era's tour and then it like lifted uh like the whole thing kind of like i remember that yeah you probably would remember that part i figured so to preface before we get into these Eras Tour questions for anybody listening or maybe you're a new follower or maybe a new listener, we went to Eras Tour in the Los Angeles SoFi Stadium shows. I think we were there, I want to say it was like night four. I want to say it was night four. We went on Monday. So yeah, it was night four. And we were in row four, section G. So diagonal off of the stage. This was my first time ever, 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 ever being that close to at a Taylor show or any show really have you been that close before Matt at a show yeah but in you know it's in the pit it's uh not in in seats right you can you have a guaranteed view you know that's true I think the best way to go through these questions because there were so many and we'll try not to do like too much sidebarring but of course Matt this is all about you and your opinion so feel free to go on a tangent if there's something you feel passionate about but I want to start by kind of talking about the Swifty community a lot of people are wondering did you feel when you actually I'm going to say like from the start of the experience which starts kind of in the parking lot and on our or maybe like the drive there the parking lot. So from start to start of the experience to the end of leaving the show, did you feel overall that the community? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, and it was, uh, well, definitely welcoming when we were there. Um, you know, we were there super early in the day. We got there at three, what three thirty or four or something like that. Oh yeah. Cause we were doing like little meet and greet with people. So I guess we were there at like four. And so just sitting outside there is super nice and just tons of people walking by everyone taking pictures and all your bracelets. And so, yeah, welcoming. And if you remember, I actually had a broken arm at the time. (laughs) I do recall. And I, I had broken it like what a week before that. And we were worried that it would, it would be an issue. Not like it's a, a a crazy crowd, but just having, you know, 60,000 people, whatever it is, you know, bumping into me and all that. But, but it was, it was totally fine. Even leaving, getting in, it wasn't this mass stampede or anything like that. It was, it was uh, great. And that, and yeah. Totally agree. I think that, I mean, to be expected with 80,000 women, it's not going to be some hostile environment, but I definitely think there was concern on your end, no, not. I'm not saying I wasn't expecting hostile. Well, you know, people, if you're like a crazy fan. But when you're wa- when you're walking in anywhere with a you know that many people, you're gonna get uh, you get bumped and nuzzled and all that. But no, it was there was there was none of that. Totally okay. I'm glad we're on the same page. But this one I thought was really interesting, and I'm curious your thoughts. So. Someone sent in a question and said, how do you feel about the level of hype surrounding the Eras tour? And do you think it's justified? Ooh, do I think, what do I think about it? I think it's cool. I think it's great. You know, um, it's, it's great for people to be that excited about music and of any kind, really. Is it justified? You know, sure. I, I think so. I think Taylor still always worked hard throughout her career. She's constantly changing one thing i have noticed is that you know for 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 what it's worth in in every album you can kind of see a a progression or it it changes she's not you know even i say like 
you know, 90% of them might be about love or breakups or whatever, but the music, which is what I care about is what I've noticed is that every album you kind of get something a little different and, and that takes talent, especially to maintain that over what, 15 years or whatever? Totally. No, I think that's a good point, especially from like a music standpoint. I mean, we talk a lot about movies from the point of view of your career being, you know, you do music, but it is typically for movies or TV. And we say it's like exciting, you know, when people are going to see Barbie and Oppenheimer and all the stuff we were recently talking about, like, it's just exciting to see people excited about the work that you're doing. Obviously, people aren't going to the movies for you, but you get what I'm saying. So I think on the flip side, you know, it probably is exciting to see people getting really into live music again, especially in like the post pandemic era. Yeah. I mean, the ticket prices are, that's another story and another conversation, but, but yeah. Well, we can totally segue into that. Do you think it's good or bad or what do you think about the prices? Well, it's obviously uh, bad for the, the, the concert goer. It's only going to get worse. It's, uh, you know, these, these ticket masters, these whatevers, they're, they're not, lowering their fees or by any means but on the other hand if someone is willing to pay is that just that might be justified right then you know but you know from to my knowledge i don't know how much that is on her about you know setting ticket prices oh it's zero about her but you know either way it's extremely high and it prices out a large portion of her fan base which is never a good thing at the same time totally well I'll, that was what one thing people were curious about is was the price worth it in relation to the experience well 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 that's also never going to go down is it like what her her prices know, if yeah, you know, if if you haven't already been to a Taylor show before Eras Tour, if and if you couldn't afford to go to Eras Tour, then I mean, it's it's not like her next tours are going to be magically cheaper. The caveat with the pricing is Taylor's pricing is incredibly low. It's just a numbers game if you are one of the lucky ones who can get in before all of the bots because the face value price Right, but because it's yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Like she, she sets her rates really. Like they were seventy five dollars for nosebleeds if you were able to be one of the like ten people who outbeat the bots. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember so much of that hype was getting your pre sale codes and waking up at six a.m. or what. Oh yeah. Like I remember that whole. Just getting the ticket is you know its own nightmare. So kind of part of the experience, honestly. So someone asked from Matt's point of view, should they buy the expensive ticket? I mean, uh, yes. If if you're even questioning it, you know, yes. Uh, you know, don't don't go don't go broke over it. But y- yes, it's like I said, it's it's only gonna be bigger and and more expensive in the future. So go get that experience. See uh, Taylor. I think do it. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I haven't even thought about future like what her. How do, where does she go from here in ter- terms of like touring? I'm just flabbergasted. I mean, it's not like every time she puts out music, she's going to be able to tour for three years. Like that's just not sustainable. And she's only already, you know, in her thirties and what, how is that going to look for her? I'm very, very curious moving forward. Well, let's talk about the show itself. Cause this is obviously the meat and potatoes. I want to know, people wanted to know how many songs did you know, like percentage wise of the show? Ooh, um, percentage wise, I was, I would say 60. Okay. That's a healthy number, right? 60. That is a healthy number. And I do want to point out 
Matt, he asked for permission to go get what songs he could go get a drink. He wanted to go get a beer during the show. He knew if he was going to be there for you know all these hours. He's like, give me, tell me which songs. And I know he didn't like Shake It Off. So I was thinking, okay, he could go during Shake It Off and get a drink, maybe in the beginning. And I thought maybe during No Body, No Crime would be a good time since he's not a Heim fan. And, you know, that's just not a big era. Like Matt's not super familiar with that era. Matt comes back from getting a beer and tell them what you said. (laughs) Well, it was cool. I mean, I obviously knew that was happening because we've seen the show every single night on TikTok or whatever, but, but (laughs) it was, it was, yeah, it was when I was going back to get a beer and there was no one there. It was just me and, you know, five other dudes. But, um, but I stood there before going and getting in line and, and watch that one in it. It was super cool. Yeah. You like, you actually said that was like one of your favorites, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely one of my favorites. It was cool. Uh, you know, the witch vibes are cool. I liked that set. I was, it was like they're in the forest kind of. Yeah. That was the next question is people wanted to know, did you have a favorite either set or era, which as you know, like she kind of changed outfits and, and everything throughout each era. So was there one that stood out to you besides, or unless you liked the witch era the best? Yeah. I think that one that's evermore, right? Yep, that was that was Evermore, and you know, folklore is my personal favorite with the flowy dress. So you liked the witch witch vibes. Yeah, I'm learning. You're learning. I love that. We can we can call it witch witch era, uh, especially going into spooky season. Someone wanted to know what were your thoughts, which I already know you're gonna know, on the vigilante ship performance. <laughs> Let me say they put the giggling emojis with this one, so there's you could lay it all out on the table. Uh, well. That was that was different, right? Not even you would have expected that, right? My jaw was because I went to opening night, so no one knew. We had it was so that like being. I wish I could relive it now, knowing what I know and how big this is, because we had no idea that this like what we were experiencing was about to make history. And when she came out and started doing a, a chair dance and the splits on the chair and the the. Uh, uh, my jaw, I was literally like clenching the arm of the stranger next to me and we were just like just drooling, like freaking out. So I can only imagine from a straight man's perspective. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment, but so much context hidden between there. Okay, this one you can totally be candid about. Did you feel like the show went on for too long? Uh, Yeah, you know. Well, that's what if I, if I had only got that 60% that I knew, like I would have been happy with that. That's fair. Okay, so moving into, I kind of categorized these like last few questions as just like overall experience. What surprised you most about the concert and how does it rank amongst other concerts that you've attended? What surprised me? Well, I know we t- we kind of talked about it, but there wasn't as many instruments involved. Granted, towards the end, there was more, you know, her, her, her guitar players came out. I remember you said one of them was... Yep. Shout out, Paul. He's been with her her whole career. So that was awesome. But that's kind of what surprised me. I was maybe looking to see a little more of the band, per se. But that void was filled by, you know, all the, the stage theatrics, the, the flames. There, there was that part in the middle where that was going, like, rising up and down in the ground. So there's plenty happening, but... For me, you know, I, I want to see a little more good drums and guitar. Okay, that's fair. And how did it rank amongst other concerts you've attended? Uh, yeah, you're not going to like that answer, but, you know. <laughs> oh, no. Well, it, it's up there in terms of like, like we said, you know, stage value and production. And, you know, that was that was like a Broadway show 
more than a concert to me. And I feel like that's kind of your, I mean, just based off of immediate reaction when I asked you, you seemed just like that, that was what you were most shocked by. I remember when we got in the car, you know, you said it was epic. And then I, I was prying, you know, out like all of these questions we were going through. And you said you were just shocked. It was so kind of theatrical and um, there was dancing and there was lights and there was backgrounds. And I, I remember you saying you, that was really surprising to you versus it being kind of just her singing. There was actually something going on for all age levels and interests, which was really cool. Yeah. No, it is. Cool. It's it's different. <laughs> different. That's such a, I love that. Very, very sweet. Did this concert make you like Taylor Swift more or convert you to a Swifty? I, I can probably answer the second part, but did it make you like her more? Did it make me like her more? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, I, I definitely like her more. This moment, since we've everything we've been listening to and talking about is Taylor Swift for the last year. But <laughs> yes, I, I do like Taylor more. Okay, I love that. And being that you're an experienced Eras Tour in 1989, Taylor Swift concert goer now, a uh, couple people wanted to know, do you have any advice for them who are bringing their non-Swifty partners, boyfriends, husbands, et cetera, Number one piece of advice. Number one piece of advice. Well, the thing that you did for me, which was super helpful, was, uh, you know, telling me which songs would be okay to go get a beer, go to the bathroom, go go get a have a minute. Uh, so that was super helpful because then we can have have the dialogue where I'm not going to miss something important, and I want to be there for your favorite songs. All that. Um, I would say talk to them beforehand about, you know, if they're not the biggest Swifty in the world and um, you want to see the whole thing, maybe talk before about what songs they should go, you know, when. And maybe, maybe just maybe order them a t-shirt because you, you were a trooper and wore a t-shirt. Well, yeah, you, you, they have to wear something. If, if you're there just dressed normal and in, in jeans and a t-shirt, yeah, that's weird. You 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 got to wear something. Never thought that I would be hearing you give Taylor Swift fashion advice, let alone on a Taylor Swift podcast. So this is truly making my dreams come true. Now, thank you so much for answering all those questions. And as you know, since you've been tuning in to my episodes, Matt, we end each episode with a submission. So this one's from Lily V. And she has a really interesting point of view. I know you're going to know nothing about this. But she said, the Selena Gomez Easter eggs could mean that she's going to be featured on 1989. But... It's also possible her new single could feature Taylor. Why would Selena drop 1989 Easter eggs on her personal single promo and not in another way? Just my train of thought. Okay, Lily V, I am intrigued to say the least. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Selena's new single is coming out this Friday on the 25th. And we know, we covered this last time, that she has been photographed recently wearing the wearing actually Taylor's Lavender Haze purple fuzzy coat that she wears on tour. Probably not the exact same one, but a very similar one, if not maybe a different one Taylor's worn previously. She's also dropped some 1989 Easter eggs. And I think you have a good point that it is a little bizarre that Selena's releasing new music for the first time in a long time and just a single at that. Plus, she's been kind of hinting towards Taylor stuff. So that would be really sneaky of Taylor to sneak herself into a single with Selena or Selena's song that she's dropping this Friday just happens to be 
their collab off 1989. So I love this series. Definitely going to have to dive into this in my next Swifty school. All right, friends. That is it for today. Matt, this will go down long live, truly, this conversation, if you understand the little reference I did there. Thank you so much for joining today. No problem, babe. (laughs) Can't wait to see you on the other side of the door. Actually, that's one of Taylor's songs that was totally... Not on purpose, but I love that. She has a song called The Other Side of the Door, so that's kind of iconic. Thank you guys so, so very much for all of your support thus far. Now, don't forget to submit your Easter eggs, questions, theories, all that jazz. I've got the form linked in my description here, no matter where you're listening, or you can head to my Instagram bio, fill out the form. I want to hear from you. Send me your screenshots, your memes, your thoughts, your requests. I want to hear it no matter what it is. And of course, head to my broadcast channel because we have Mexico shows starting back up. Thursday through Sunday, we've got four shows back-to-back before we have a break through November, so definitely don't want to miss out on live streams this upcoming weekend. And as always, I will see you guys on the next one. Bye, Matt. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. I know all too well how busy life can be, and I am so grateful that you chose to stay, stay, stay. Now just know this is me trying, and I would greatly appreciate if you took a minute to leave a review or maybe share this episode with a fellow Swifty. Make sure you join my broadcast channel on Instagram for more Swiftivities. And long story short, this love is real, and I'm beyond grateful for your support. See you next time.